Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Friday edition of the show. Welcome into the program. Dan McLaughlin with you. This is Scoops with Danny Mac. Tanner Hendrickson is with us. You can always uh, get on the text line 65780. Some of the things that we talk about here in the first segment, Brad Thompson will talk about the winter warm-up and maybe some of the moves the Cardinals need to make. And there has been a move in Major League Baseball here this morning. Within about the last 10 or 15 minutes, it was released that DJ LeMayhew has signed for six years and $90 million with the Yankees. So LeMayhew said earlier in the week he was frustrated that that deal had not been done. Now it is. He's in the fold. He's an MVP-type player, can win you a batting title. Um, I find this interesting, though. Six years, $90 million on its surface. So it's an average of 15 per, which is under what would be the qualifying offer in Major League Baseball. So he's making less than the qualifying offer. $15 million is $15 million. It's a lot of money to play baseball. It's a lot of money to do anything. And he's got security, though. He's got $90 million. So a lot of times when we think about free agency, uh, the players always want the highest AAV. And this will not be that situation. You wouldn't think going forward in year two or three of his deal, it's about a pile of money. And he got $90 million. So you wonder if some of these free agents, and there's a ton of them that are out there, are going to say, okay, I'm hearing spring training's happening. I'm hearing there's 162 games. Give me a pile of money. I just want, I'm not worried about AAV. I just want security. And that may be something that we see going forward. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. 65780. Found this interesting as well. Buster only does a great job on ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com. He was with BK and Alex Ferrario yesterday. And again, we are hearing spring training would start, which would be just about a month away. There's no question that there are owners who feel like that uh, without a guarantee of fans in the stands, you know, that they're again, their revenue is going to be reduced this year. And so they're concerned. And I think they would like salary adjustments from the union. But the problem is for Major League Baseball is that it's hard to make a case to hold off the start of the sport. When you've already demonstrated, the players have demonstrated, you know, the great discipline to get through a 60-game season, the postseason 2020, and the NFL has played, and the NBA has played. So it's tough for the owners to, you know, to, to basically claim, look, we can't get started on time, which is why I think this week when that, uh, that memo went out to teams that spring training is going to happen on time, the clubs I've spoken with, they're like, well, here we go. It's all very serious. They're talking about packing up the trucks getting ready for spring training. Now, once they get to camp, um, you know, you guys have seen the coronavirus numbers in Arizona are ugly. Um, You don't know if there might be a shutdown, but you would assume that between the discipline the players have demonstrated in the past and the fact that, you know, there'll be players getting vaccines probably uh, through the next months ahead, that they'll be able to figure out a way to get through. Whether or not there's a fans in the stands, though, is a completely separate question. Yeah, more on that in just a moment. So, Buster hits on something here, and I know we're supposed to take one side or the other. We're in talk radio. you got to be a hot taker, Tanner, right? you gotta, you got to go nuts and start yelling at people. And I'm not going to yell at you yet. But that's what we're supposed to do, right? 
Yes, exactly. Okay. So if I'm a player, so let's look at it from their perspective. If I'm a player and my window to make generational type money or very good money, even if I'm not that generational 90 million DJ LeMayhew, but yet I'm going to make the minimum salary is over a half million dollars. I'm saying I got to play. I want to play. And oh, by the way, we did it through 60 games last year. We made it through. Were there bumps in the road? You bet. We saw them here in St. Louis. Obviously saw it with the Marlins. Could there be bumps in the road going forward without everybody being fully vaccinated? Yes. However, players are going to say, we did it before. I'm willing to take that chance again. And we've, we're finding as we're watching this, college football just got through a season. Not pretty. Got through it. College basketball trying to plug, uh, you know, plunge forward with this and move ahead and get to the NCAA tournament. Not pretty, but they're doing it. NBA, not pretty. Teams are missing games sometimes. They're doing it. NHL, fired up. So from their perspective, they're saying, how can you keep us out? Okay. Now, if I'm an owner, I'm saying, hold on. We're going to, we're an open air type sport. So all of a sudden the sun starts to shine and people go outside. We're not indoors as much. Um, and God willing, there's going to be the vaccine that's flowing in our country and more and more people are getting vaccinated. And hey, guys, can we just wait? Can we put it off a little bit? And can we get some fans in the stands? I understand that point, too. And by the way, we'll still play 162. I don't know how they do that, but there are ways to do it. I see both sides of this, but as a fan of the sport, it looks like, hey, we're going forward. February 17th, I think, would be the report date for the Cardinals. Uh, Their first game would be like the 22nd or the 23rd. And there's split squads. There's a lot of split squad games that happen down in Florida in spring training. So you need more than just the 40-man roster. You've got to have 60 to 80 guys. Uh, Not an easy thing to do, but when you think about doing it at your spring training facility as opposed to having spring training at Bush Stadium, it's a massive complex. Not actually the building, but where you can get your work in. There's fields everywhere. And if you don't have the rest of the minor leagues, well, you can spread out. And I'm sure that's something that they're thinking about going forward. Okay, this weekend is the winter warm-up. And I'm going to continue on the baseball theme. There is a lot to do virtually. Now, if you're a Cardinal fan and you go down to the winter warm-up, a lot of times on the main stage, it's a Q&A. Uh, broadcasters up there. And we've got dignitaries from the front office, ownership group, so on and so forth. And fans can ask questions. This year, obviously, we can't do that. Um, some of these are going to be free on Cardinals.com. So go to Cardinals.com.www. One of those is Randy Flores talking about the draft. Gary LaRock talking about the minor leagues. Really interesting stuff with him. Um, Michael Gersh, the Cardinals general manager. I believe that's free. Yesterday, I conducted interviews with both Bill DeWitt III, Cardinals president, and John Moselock. Wide-ranging interview. I would advise everybody to, to look at when they're going to release that. I'm not positive when that's going to be, but I do believe that's going to be open and free to the public. A lot of different uh, subjects were touched upon. One of those with Bill DeWitt III was about the simple question of just trying to get fans back in the stands for 2021. Absolutely. We're going to do whatever we're allowed to do from a health and safety standpoint, obviously working with the city health department and everybody else, state, local. There will also, there will also be some MLB guidelines that overlay any state and local guidance from uh, the different places that baseball is played. You know, one of the interesting things, Dan, is some 
people said, well, maybe you can start at 10 percent, then 20, then 30, then 40, you know, that. I'm not sure that's possible because if you have to have a six feet distance between mm -hmm. twos and fours, the geometry dictates really you can only do about 28% of the, of the bowl if you're doing twos and fours. Um, and then everybody has to be six feet apart. Um, you can't just all of a sudden go to 50% capacity because then the only way to do that is to shrink that six foot distance. Sure. So, and maybe that becomes part of the way you do it. I mean, if they say, yeah, you can go from six to three or something, you know, we could do that. But more likely than not, I think, we'll have somewhere between, call it eight to 12,000 that we could do. Again, I'm projecting a little bit. Sure. I, we have to get those approvals, but, um, and then all of a sudden, at some point, I'm guessing it'll just go to unrestricted. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? Really interesting stuff, especially if you're a season ticket holder about how that may work if and when they allow fans into the stands. And if you're a season ticket holder, obviously there may be some priorities there to get people in the ballpark, but the bottom line is opening that thing up at some point and getting fans in there. So make sure you check that out at Cardinals.com. The other interview was with John Mosellock, and we went probably 30, 35 minutes all over the place with individuals in the system, what's going to happen with the minor leagues, what's happened this offseason, and it hasn't been a lot, but that may change. Clearly, to answer that question, I can't speak for 29 other clubs, but like anybody, like a fan, I can see what's happening in the industry. And, you know, there's certainly been a handful of teams that have been very active and very aggressive on what they're trying to do. I do think there are other teams that are just concerned about revenue. So naturally, there's going to be that drag on what happens um, in that market. Do I think you're going to still see something between now and spring training starting? Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many players out there. There's going to be jobs that need to be filled. But I do think people are taking a very cautious approach to, to building their team. And I also think, you know, you can then draw parallels to even that on the trade market. Um, I still think there'll be some trades that happen. Um, they might not be as uh, big of magnitude as what you see on the free agent side. But there's going to be a lot of baseball transactions that happen between now and the beginning of camp. And it wouldn't even shock me if, remember like when we had Kyle Loesch and we signed him? And oh, yeah. Like, you know, mid-March. It wouldn't shock me to see some of that happen this year, too, where people get in the camp, people look at what they have, and maybe reassess and do something different. To your point about will they have a better idea of what revenues look like by then? Possibly. Mm -hmm. I mean, the more time you can buy to when you understand when you can open up your gates and how many people you can have come to your stadium is going to drive a lot of this. But, you know, we always talk about sort of, you know, each team is sort of your own entity and each team has their own certain rules but a lot of this is based on your state and your local government on sure. what you can and cannot do so um we're not all playing from a level playing field this year and um you know that's something that i think has created some of the slowness in the off season but i think most people that are watching this or listening to me understand that there's so much uncertainty in the world right now it's 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 hard to blame anyone. So that's John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. Again, you can see that the virtual winter warm-up uh, kicks off today, and we encourage everybody to go there because it does raise a lot of money for kids in St. Louis, over $25 million since its inception. That's just such a great event. Even though it's not in person, I, me and my family are going to go support it as well, listen to some of the interviews and stuff like that, too. I, I, I appreciate that. Um it's been great. You know, I, I think 
one of the things that they wanted to do this year, and, and we all can argue about where they spend their money and would you have done this with an extension and, hey, go out and get this guy, and that's fine. You know, that's sports. They understand that too. Uh, and you're going to have your hits and misses. Randy Rosarena comes to mind. Um, and you're going to have your your hits. They've had some good hits along the way too, and they got young guys coming up that, that should be uh, helpful this year in 2021. But... $25 million to kids in the area, the Redbird Rookies program, what they've done for a lot of kids in the inner, inner city, redoing a lot of the ball fields. It's been a good thing. So I commend them for it. You know, a lot of talk this year would, you know, should we continue to do this? And they said, absolutely. We're going we're gonna to find a way to do this. We're going to invest in it. And whatever we make is better than nothing. And by the way, we get the word out about baseball. We get people excited again. I always look at that as the, the unofficial kickoff to the, the upcoming season. So... That begins today. Um, Ken Rosenthal, by the way, tweeting the Mets close to an agreement with free agent reliever Brad Hand. Wow. That makes their bullpen scary good. Last five seasons, by the way, for Brad Hand, he's been a three-time All-Star, I believe, but a 2.70 ERA. He struck out 13 per nine. That makes them awfully good with what they've got. And they're probably not done, especially if they go out and get Springer. You look at their outfield. That is a very, very good team. All right, we'll continue with the baseball talk with Brad Thompson coming up on the Fast Lane, my broadcast partner as well. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It is hard to believe we're just over a month away from the baseball season. I always love catching up with Brad Thompson of the Fast Lane, my partner on the games during the baseball season. The winter warm-up is here. Brad will be intimately involved with the winter warm-up. I will be as well, kicking it off tonight with the 2011 World Series reunion. So we want to make sure that fans can go to cardinals.com and uh, check that out and some of the uh, different things that you can get into virtually. Hey, Brad, always great to be with you. How are things going? Man, it is going great, and uh, look, I'm excited, even though it's virtual this year when it comes to the, the winter warm-up, and I think it's going to be a little bit different. I'm pumped up about it, because this is always, as you know, Dan, the, the time where everything, you start glimpsing towards the sunshine, and going down to Florida, and spring training, and baseball season is coming, so it's going to be great, by the way, with that cast of characters you got for the 2011 thing. I hope they're giving you like six or seven hours to knock that bad boy out. No kidding. There's so many things that we could get into, and here on 101 ESPN, I'm looking at the rundown of uh, what we have. You're going to be doing cooking with Paul DeYoung. Um, who does the cooking in your house? Do you have any idea how to handle the stove? Yes, I look, I, I know how. No, I don't very often. But <laughs> I do know, I, like, I know my way around the kitchen. But fortunately, my wife is a fantastic cook. Uh, and, like, you know how it is having little kids, too. Like, she cooks three different meals. You know, she cooks one my, something for my daughter. My son won't eat that. Yep. Uh, I get home. She, she has something else for me. So she is fantastic. My thing with cooking, and I'm going to be very interested to see how Paul DeYoung makes his way around the kitchen, you know, what kind of style he's got. Uh, but my thing is I can make pretty much anything. But, dude, I have to have a recipe, and I have to have every single ingredient. So there is no modifying. There is no substituting. I don't know how any of that stuff works. So if I have everything that I need, I can make whatever the recipe is. I also make a mess in the process. So I kind of <laughs> need a sous chef. So what are you doing with Paul D? I'm trying to figure this out. Is he making up, like, a bunch of meals here? Is he showing you how to cook? What, what are we doing? Look, I, I are you Are you going to find out when you do this? I, 
Dan, I think I'm going to find out a little bit while I'm doing it. But that's what's kind of ex- exciting about it. No, I, I, my understanding is that Paul is going to be in another thing that's cool about all of these things. While we, we love the human interaction of it with the virtual stuff, get a chance to see what Paul DeYoung's kitchen looks like. I know you're doing another thing over the weekend, getting a, a glimpse at, at Matt Carpenter's ranch. So we're going to see stuff like that. But Paul's going to break it down. He's going to show us, you know, how he cooks. I'm sure we'll talk plenty about, like, nutrition during the season, how difficult it is to eat right, you know, what food looks like in the clubhouse. I'm very interested this year, Dan, uh, uh, this past year of, you know, while nutrition is such a big thing, how difficult was it to eat the way that Paul wants to eat when you're kind of locked in your hotel? You can't go to restaurants. You can't do a lot of different things. So uh, we'll get into all the the nutrition aspect of it, I'm sure, but we'll break down the season will break down Paul DeYoung because you've spent plenty of time around Paul. He's an interesting cat. He and, really uh, is. He's a, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's very thoughtful. So I think it'll be a good time. So for the fans out there, our listeners, go to the Cardinals website, uh, cardinals.com, WWU, cardinals.com, WWU. There's a bunch of different things that are um, virtually some you pay for. All of it, 100% goes to kids in the community. Some is free. Um, one of the things I'm, I want to get to, kind of turning the, the page here a little bit, but it also relates to what I'll be doing on Saturday, is uh, growing up prospects. So we got Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor, the best of friends, and now playing in the same professional team, which is really cool. I, I'm curious if you think we're going to see one or two of those guys uh, in the major leagues this year. What do you think? Yeah, look, if uh, if I were to pick one of the two, obviously I'm going to go with the pitcher, right? Pick Matthew Libertor. I, I do think that we're going to have to see – we're going to see a lot of hands on deck with a shortened season last year and then jumping right back to, fingers crossed, the full 162. You're going to need a lot of arms. And Matthew Libertor, as you know, Dan, uh, they, they love the kid, obviously, with, with the deal they made for him. And he made huge strides last year, even though there wasn't a minor league season. They love some adjustments that he made during summer camp when he came back while some of the guys were battling back. Yachty, Paul DeYoung, battling back off of that COVID IL. He was throwing a live VP to those guys at Bush Stadium and apparently was electric. So they love him. So I would have... I would pick him first, but I would love to see Dan. I really would. And I I know it's difficult because the season was lost last year and Nolan Gorman got, you know, limited reps. He was at summer camp as well. He could have really benefited from a minor league season. But I would just love to see what he can do. Uh, we, we all know that there's so much uncertainty when it comes to the Cardinals and, and the offense overall. And the veterans are going to get the, the first nod, no, no question, right? Matt Carpenter is going to go out there. But I would love to see what he has. I'd love to see him at least make it a difficult decision on the organization. Uh, just a reminder for fans. I mean, he's not on the 40-man roster, so it's, it's a, a, kind of a long shot that he would end up being a part of it. But I could see, you know, in a crazy year this year, I could see them both having an impact. And Nolan Gorman is one of those guys. And I think Dylan Carlson kind of started this with their new look of drafting players in early rounds, first round players with high upside, right? Instead of the safe pick, the guy, okay, yeah, this guy's he's going to be a big leaguer. Don't know what the impact is. Nolan Gorman has the the raw tools to be a star. So I, I would love to see him. As we visit on a 10 o'clock Uh, hour here on 101 ESPN. It is January 15th. From a pitcher's perspective, did you have to get word from the commissioner that, look, in a month, you're going to be reporting 
Um, by the way, get in shape. Be ready, which most of these guys are in shape anyway. But did we need to get at least some clarification, in your opinion, or at least a direction of when spring training is going to start from a player's perspective and especially a pitching perspective? Yeah, I do. I do for sure. I think it was very important. Now, uh, we, we know that it's far from set in stone. I mean, things could happen. I, I do know that there are also at least a small group of owners. I think it was Ken Rosenthal reporting that they are very uh, would love to push everything back a month. Right. And uh, that would open up some different avenues for more people in the stands. But, yeah, you need to know you, you have to have some sort of direction because you don't want to get ready too early and your rest is important because if you start cranking a little bit too early, uh, I think that uh, first of all, you only have so many bullets. You end up wasting some of those. Maybe you take away some of the strength that you could build a little bit more before you get into the throwing phase of it. But yeah, you have to know everybody you're, you're kind of a, by this point and everybody's in different parts of their careers, right? Uh, a veteran guy like Adam Wainwright, assuming he's still preparing like he's coming back this year, his preparation is going to be a little bit different than a young player's is going to be. But you have your routine and you know when to start stuff. You know when to start throwing live batting practice, uh, practices. You know when to go to the local college or the local high school and try to grab some kids to throw. So it's important, man. And I was so happy to hear that news about the 162, about the there, there doesn't appear to be any pushback on that side of things when it comes to the owners and the MLBPA because it got ugly, ugly during the pandemic. It's got a chance to get ugly again during oh, yeah. the CBA. So uh, at least uh, at least there's no fight right now on those fronts. Brad Thompson, my guest on 101 ESPN. He's coming up later with the Fast Lane. We're talking a little bit about the winter warm-up Cardinals baseball. I mentioned this on my show yesterday. Bob Nightingale tweeted this out. Uh, bet online and they have the odds or what they think are the favorites for the divisions. And they had Cincinnati as their favorite to win the central that's currently constructed. That, that took me a little bit by surprise. I like the rotation. I don't like their bullpen, especially minus Iglesias. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with Sonny Gray. You don't know about Suarez. You don't know about Moustakis. You don't know about Castellanos if they stay with the Reds. So their lineup could be completely different. Um, I, even with the Cardinals not doing anything at this point, I don't like it. I wish they would. I still like the Cardinals in a very bad division to have a very good shot of winning. And right now it looks like it could be a bad division. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you there. And I'm surprised to hear that. I, I didn't see those, uh, the, those lines there having Cincinnati. To, to me, there's way too much uncertainty. And you can say the same thing about the entire Central uh, of just uncertainty. There's not one team saying, oh, look at that direction they're going. Unless you look at the Cubs and the, the direction is absolutely payroll going down. But to me, it comes back with the Cardinals to the pitching depth. And you're absolutely right when it comes to the Reds. They're obviously, they're not signing Bauer back. That's not going to happen. I mean, they raised the white flag, too and they non-tendered Archie Bradley, one of, one of the better relievers out there. They said, no, nah, we're not going to give him a raise. Uh, we're going to go a, a different direction. That offense has not been good no. for the last couple of years. They've tried. They, they, they've definitely tried to get it going, and, and I'm with you. If everything stays the same, Sonny Gray is good. Luis Castillo, when that dude is on, and we saw him on uh, in uh, a couple times in the last few years, I mean, he's, he's filthy. Maybe the best changeup in baseball right now Luis Castillo has. But I, I don't think it's enough. I don't think that they have the bullpen. 
I believe that the Cardinals have the arms. Will they struggle offensively if, if everything stays the same right now? Probably. I mean, I, I would believe that, that it'll be a battle, but it will be a battle for the Reds. I think the only team that you look at in the Central right now that can still bang a little bit, even without Schwarber, is the Cubs. Yeah, but I agree. I still think they're going to make moves. Uh, dude, uh, Wilson Contreras is in like every other trade rumor right. that's out there. Chris Bryant, same idea. I, I believe that one of those two guys will likely be traded by opening day when you look at I'm really curious about your perspective on this I've been saying this a bunch I'm fascinated industry-wide and it does pertain to why the Cardinals I think would have a good shot to win the central industry-wide pitching coming back especially in the first let's say 60 days to three months of a season how careful managers and pitching coaches and organizations are going to be because of a truncated season they didn't build up the innings now, there's some guys you just say, we're going to let him go. Whatever we see, we see. Whatever innings total he gets to, he gets to. But I think we could see a quick hook with a lot of these pitchers and with the Cardinals, minus Wainwright. I had I was doing the numbers. They, they've got 20, 21, maybe 22 guys we could see that could have an impact at the major league level, legitimate pitchers. That's why I see their depth being – maybe the, the difference maker in this division because of how teams could handle pitching in 2021. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And the, the other part of that is, and it's not just like how many bodies overall we, we might end up seeing at the big league level, whether it be in the rotation or the bullpen. But to me, it's just the overall innings that could be covered by a lot of these guys. So he, like you said, leaving Wayno out of it, he's not a part of it right now. You got Flaherty, Michaelis, Kim that are, are for sure going to be in the rotation. Look, if I'm writing things out right now, I've got Austin Gomber in the rotation. He's still going to have to earn it, but but I would have him there. I would love to see Reyes. Claim Those are my two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to see him there. Certainly Carlos Martinez, his name is going to, going to come into that. So, I mean, there's five or six guys right there, but then add on top of that. And again, we're talking about innings guys that can start for you or give you bulk in the bullpen. You got Ponce de Leon, you got Johan Oviedo, Jake Woodford, remember Gant. I mean, Gant he's, has been great in the bullpen. He still has it in his heart. He wants to be a starter. Ryan Hells with the same idea. There are just so many guys. And, and that's not even throwing in Libertor who you, asked me about earlier zach thompson who i do think we'll see this year i, I just feel like there are so many high-end options and they they have the ability to use all these bodies and not wear them out i mean the cardinals have been really good over the years and uh, shield and maddox uh, will, will be smart with their staff of keeping everybody fresh there's a lot at their disposal now if you're going to make this this rotation or this staff uh, if you give up more than three runs, you're going to lose a game. Well, that's going to be a problem. You're going to have to figure out ways to score, but you still uh, have a significant advantage in my eyes when it comes to all these uh, this pitching depth. I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, a lot of talk this weekend will be about Yachty and Wayno. I'll start with Yachty. had some comments. He said, hey, if I don't get that deal I want, I could be happy walking away. I don't necessarily agree with that. He keeps himself in great shape, still uh, well above average defensively offensively, eh, he's not a middle-of-the-order guy, but the legacy thing here in St. Louis means a lot. We know that there's going to be fans in the stands at some point. We know that people want to watch him play. I just think, Brad, there's a lot of signs to him pointing back to St. Louis. How, you know, how about you, and where, where do you stand on this? 
Well, I do too, but I've been ever the optimist when it comes to Yadier Molina. and the, the thought of him wearing another jersey makes me sick to my stomach. So, uh, yes, I do. And, and I think that one word really pops out when you're talking about him uh, talking to the media. And I believe he was with like Polo Asensio. They're doing the La Vida baseball. And he was talking to him. And uh, the, the word that pops out is could. Like, I, I could retire and just be happy. Of course he could. He's had a Hall of Fame career to this point. I don't think he would. I don't think he will. I, I still think that there's more in the tank. We know that Yachty loves this game so much, and I think that he's got unfinished business and, and on both uh, on both fronts, right? I feel like there are still some counting numbers, and he knows this part of it too, that would help bolster his Cooperstown career. And I think that he wants to go out a champion again or at least give it another run. I agree. Hey, looking forward to the uh, winter warm-up this weekend. Best of luck cooking. Don't burn the house down. And uh, enjoy yourself, man. It should be fun this weekend. Looking forward to it. Hey, it's going to be a blast. And, again, it's the look towards spring training, right? It's coming. Absolutely. And it's going to be fun. All this stuff going to a great cause with Cardinals Care. So you enjoy, too. I know you're going to be busy all weekend. I appreciate you having me. You got it. That's Brad Thompson. He's coming up on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And, again, just head to cardinals.com. Uh, slash WWU to see the list of events for the virtual winter warm-up this weekend. We're back with more on 101 in just a moment. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Good job, Tanner. And as Tanner said, Mike Hoffman, the visa issues in terms of a work visa have been settled. So you would assume he's in the lineup tonight. Joey Vitale was with Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman this morning. You got to put Mike Hoffman up there. I think that's the spot. I think that's where he belongs. And, and the good news is you're putting Oscar Sunquist on a fourth line, which I think Craig Bruton was really excited about come Wednesday night. I think we could have arguably the most responsible fourth line in the league. So I think he's excited to see Oscar get back down there with Clifford and Barbashev because that's where you're going to want him to be. That's that fourth line you want to be. We want to run four lines deep, and you got to have a good, solid fourth line. So Oscar's going to be that guy. Mike Hoffman is a top six forward. He's an elite forward. He's got an amazing offensive upside. He can get to the net. His shot is so wicked. And I think that if you put him with a playmaker like we saw on Robert Thomas the other day, some of those beautiful passes, Mike Hoffman's going to capitalize on those more times than not. All right, we're going to find out tonight. Let's bring in our pregame show host and intermission postgame host. He's busy these days, Alex Ferrario. I got to tell you, Alex, you look like uh, you look great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, do you have a job interview or something? No, I don't. I just, I one, it's game day, Dan, okay. and uh, you know, you got to get sharp. You got to get pumped up for game day, and two, you just you want to look your best. You know, you always want to uh, okay. look your best. Work, Look. dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. So what are you saying to me? You got a collared shirt on, Dan. You're, I do. You, you look the same that I do. You just got a Cardinals over or a pullover on. That's yeah. different. I get sweatpants on, too. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. And I have. <laughs> oh, yeah, you too. I got Argyle socks. <laughs> That's all right. It's, That's right. And tennis shoes. You dress. All I need is a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> you dress for comfort and professionalism, but, uh, you know, you've been in the business a little bit longer than I have, Dan. So <laughs> when I get to your status, oh, then yeah, I will start really. pulling off those sweatpants. Yeah, when you get to local hack status. That's By the when way, you I like the that. Argyle socks. I got mine on too, so we're ready to go, buddy. Pretty sharp, We're my ready man. to go. Pretty sharp. Uh, <laughs> so you heard Joey Vitale there. Pregame tonight is at 7. 7. Yeah, and thank God. It's an hour and a half earlier puck drop, 8 o'clock out in Colorado, so 8 o'clock here. Okay, game will be on Fox Sports Midwest as well. John Kelly, Darren Pang.
Lang, Bernie Federko, the gang, they'll be back together. I think uh, fans will be uh, very pleased to hear that as well. Um, Curious what you think. Mike Hoffman, do you agree with Joey? Goes in the at least the top six, I would assume. Yeah, I do. I, look, I mean, I understand people saying, well, Oscar Sundquist was great. Why would you take him off that line? He was great, but Oscar Sundquist is a player that he's a plug-and-play player. Like Craig Berube yeah. talks about him all the time. He can play on the fourth line. He can play on the first line. He can do everything for you. Um, now with Sammy Blaze's suspension in the two games, it makes an awful lot of sense to put Sundquist back down on that fourth line because, frankly, that was a line throughout training camp, Dan, that I thought looked great every time they went out there. Like, there were no issues with it. I think that's a line that really won't be touched unless injuries or suspensions pick up. So, yeah, it makes sense to put Hoffman up there. Look, Sunquist was great, but Robert Thomas was the story of that game on that line with his passing ability. So I'm putting Hoffman there because why did I sign this guy to $4 million? To score goals. So I'm going to put him there and get some more. So we got Hall and Oates tonight. Hey, we saw part of that, Dan. Okay. Don't deny how good Robert Thomas looked. That's that's the Oats. Th- okay. Who's and and Sunquist was Hall? Hey. Did you oh, see I'm that goal saying, where he I'm was falling asking. down? Did you see the goal where he was falling down? Hey, but you and said hands up. You said the right thing though. He is plug and uh, plug and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put him on a fourth line. Yeah. Move him up to the uh, second line yeah. there with Thomas. That's what they did in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I mean, and the guy produces. So. I mean, think about it. That fourth line in the playoffs, Sunquist, Barbashev, Steen were incredible. Awesome. We all talk about it. But if you go back and watch some of those shifts late in games, you started to see Sunquist be pushed up a little bit because his defensive ability, he's a two-way forward. He's a guy who's heavy. He'll go to the net. He's got a great shot, but he's defensively aware. And I think that's what Craig Berube likes, and he can move him around wherever he needs to be. Sports game of adjustments. So the Avalanche had a full-fledged pla- uh, practice yesterday. Blues. What did they do? They were kind of they were going all over the place I trying to figure it, out where they're going to practice. Yeah, I think it was a traditional kind of morning skate where yeah. it was an optional for guys. I mean, I, I think they have to do that this yeah. year with the truncated season and, and look, all Craig these games. And Ruby does that. Like in that postseason run, he did optional skates pretty much every day in between. He didn't force guys to practice. And why would you? You want to make sure that they're healthy. So it was an optional. I would imagine your taxi squad guys were skating. Sure. Um, you know, probably Carl Gunnarsson, who was a healthy scratch in that game. I would imagine Mike Hoffman was skating as well and a couple of other guys you know those big heavy minute guys those are the ones that are going to make sure that they take the nights off okay so what adjustments let's start with the avalanche from their perspective what do they have to do tonight they got to figure out a way to play five on five hockey i mean look they have the speed they have the talent but i don't know if they at least in that first game we saw have the ability to play that heavy style at five on five i mean dan the Blues would put the puck in the offensive zone and they would just go to work. It would be cycling the puck. It would lay the body on the players on the boards. Colorado looked like they were playing chase hockey all night at five on five. So adjustments for Colorado. And I'm imagining it's going to be a big, big game for them because Jared Bednar called them out after game one. Yes, he did. Like if your head coach is saying that we got outworked and outplayed, which they did, that's game one. You got issues. So I'm imagining the adjustments are going to be Colorado is going to be very aware at five on five. So the blues are going to have to kind of weather a storm oh, no in that doubt. first period. They're going to come out flying. Yeah. Um, let's talk about then the blues adjustments. We talked about blaze getting uh, the, the two game suspension. So you may have the adjustment on the fourth line. You're going to have Hoffman in the lineup. So there's some energy. I think people are excited. Mm-hmm. Even when you're um, a player and you've, you've never played in a, a actual game with yeah. him, 
there's excitement around that. So there's going to be some excitement around that. There's going to be maybe a feeling out process to an, an extent. But what adjustments do you think the Blues have to make tonight, if any? Well, the first adjustment they do have to make, Dan, is stop taking penalties. I mean, you took four penalties, and they were back-to-back penalties. The one in the first period, that second penalty was the one that the Avalanche scored on. And that second, or in the third period, you had back-to-back penalties taken as well. And look, playing at high altitude where you've already played, where you're still getting kind of your feet under Underneath you at the beginning of the season, you can't be on the penalty kill because you're taking your best players off the ice. So that's going to be one adjustment that the Blues will have to make tonight to be a lot more established. We didn't really talk about um, Tory Krug. You know, no, we other, didn't. What did you think of him the other night? I loved him, and I was texting with Rivers, Jamie Rivers, about it. And you know, Tory Krug did look like he kind of got beat a couple of times because he was matched up with that Nathan McKinnon line a couple right. of times. He was matched up with the Landis. A lot line. of guys are going to get beat. That's yeah. Those are some of the best players in the world right now, but. Overall, I loved Tory Krug's game. Defensively, I want to see more from it. But offensively, this guy was transitioning out of the zone. At the best player on the ice with that. I mean, he was so fast with that, Dan, to get into the neutral zone, create offense. But then it was the it was the after whistle stuff. And I wrote about that yesterday. Him pulling Miro or Miko Rantanen down at the whistle in third period because he was too close to the net. That's what you want. You want that fire from some of those defensemen. And I think Tory Krug is fitting in perfectly right now. Seven o'clock pregame. What's coming up on that pregame tonight? Yes, we got a lot of fun stuff. We do our usual blue notes. Uh, we got uh, Favaz from Casey along with the U-Man. They're going to be on there. Uh, Jamie Rivers and I are going to talk about the adjustments, kind of like what you and I just did about the second game playing at high altitude. Um, you'll hear from Bruce Boudreaux. If you missed it from our interview yesterday on Rivs and B- or BK and Ferrari. Oh, wow. It's the first time I've done that since the new show. Um, we'll We'll talk with him. You'll hear that on pregame as well. And then plenty of audio from some of the guys. Robert Thomas, I thought, had a great quote yesterday on the fast lane of being the underdog. So we'll talk about that on the pregame tonight, too. I wonder if BK will actually come in. He promised me five days of crossovers today. Yeah, uh, He came in at about 5830, 10-5830 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Crossover is supposed to be at about 45 after the hour, but yeah. um, we've given him plenty of time. That's true. We'll see if he comes up, and that's next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Hey, we're saying thanks to St. Louis area education employees with Hubbard Radio's Deserving Deliveries. Today's Deserving Deliveries put together by 101 ESPN. Hubbard Radio St. Louis and Scott Credit Union. 100 lunches are being delivered today to the staff at Causley Elementary by Super Smokers Barbecue. Where is our next deserving delivery headed to next Friday? You can nominate your favorite school staff now at 101 ESPN. And thank you again to all the area educators and staff working hard during these extraordinary times. So coming up, it'll be BK. It will be Alex Ferrario. They'll have you between 11 and 2. Alex will have the pregame show at 7. And look what the cat just Drug in right before I was going to go to a break. What's going on? You're going to break. It's 1053. How you doing, Dan? Hey, this is the crossover. <laughs> I'm, I'm told that this is supposed to be the crossover segment. Where are you? I'm right here. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Happy uh, weekend to you. Uh, happy weekend to you as well. I am excited for the winter warm-up. I know it is going to be virtual this year, but I'm thrilled to ha- see that you're going to be involved once again. Dan, there was real baseball moves that happened today. A lot I, of them. I enjoyed your interview with Buster Olney, and, and he indicated that there's going to be movement now. Now that there's a solidified, uh, you know, 
solidate solidification in the fact that we are going to have spring training. We are going to have 162 by all accounts. Um, February 17th report date, 16, 17, something like that. So we're a month away. Teams have to get their, their rosters in order. So it's, hey, we're open for business. Let's go. I was looking at this the other night, Dan. Um, I think it's like February 27th is the first scheduled spring training game. So we are roughly, I think it's Sunday, is six weeks away from that. So if you just start backdating things a little bit, we're getting pretty close to where these decisions need to be made on the designated hitter, roster sizes. This all should have been done. A month ago, frankly, mm-hmm. but now we are getting to the point where there needs to be some urgency. And I saw a tweet from Bob Nightingale earlier today. It sounds like baseball is starting to feel that. Yeah, I think some the, some decisions are starting to be made. We have to the double headers. Sounds like those are going to be back to seven inning double headers this year. DH they're still talking about, but hopefully that gets figured out here pretty soon. You're right. It needs to be decided. It needs to be determined. And now that we are getting closer and closer, I think it is going to be determined. So we have, uh, again, spring training coming up uh, 16th or 17th. I think the first Cardinal game would be like the 22nd or the 23rd. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think. I'm not positive about that. You would probably know better than I. Yeah, the it, schedule that I saw yesterday showed like the 27th, okay, but that it, sounds it could right be earlier. Then. And I was, telling with, I was talking with Tanner here and, and saying and, and telling him, you know, you're going to have split squads. So you can't just have typically a forty man uh, your forty man roster is going to be more than that. And John Mozeliak indicated that yeah, you you could have sixty, seventy, eighty guys in camp. Now awesome. down in Jupiter, you can spread out, and that's the benefit of going to your spring training facilities. There's multiple fields, there's multiple places to go, and if you needed to say, hey, one group comes in at eight a.m., next group at ten, next group at two, you could do that. I mean, there's ways to do that. Now you're going to have to mitigate this through the virus and there's, you know, the vaccine hopefully rolling out and some players are going to get it. Maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. But I would say this, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Now, we've heard that a lot and it's a cliche saying, but man, it does seem to be the case with a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, a little bit of hope for baseball fans. It is. And it's starting to feel. So what did you had LeMayhew signed today for LeMay 90 signed? Yeah, you're seeing a lot of numbers that are now being Brad kind of hand, I think, is going to sign. It sounds like that's a little further away than they thought. But if it's close enough that somebody was reporting, I think it was Ken Rosenthal reported that they were getting close on a deal. Yeah. I would imagine that he's going to sign with the Mets just a matter of when and what the money's going to actually be. But today is all the arbitration cases that yes. are going back and forth. They're exchanging numbers between the teams and International the players. International, too, is International busy International signings are starting, and it sounds like the Cardinals are going to be active in that market. So there's... It, to me, Dan, it feels like today is the real start of the hot stove season. Yep. I know it's been going on now for three months, technically, but... This is the first time where I've felt like there's been like the the flurry of transactions that are going through your Twitter feed where you scroll down and it's like, oh, another one. Oh, another thing. And this is what baseball should have felt like three months ago. But you know what? It is what it is. Twenty twenty one. It's weird stuff everywhere. I get it. I I was saying before, if I'm a player, I want one sixty two. I want to get full payment. If I'm an owner, I want fans in the stands. Mm -hmm. So that's why we've had this delay. I get it. Um, The one thing about the LeMahieu signing that was interesting to me, it was six years, 90 million. So an average of about 15 million. That's under the qualifying offer. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I mean, for a guy that is going to win you a batting title, potentially an MVP candidate. Um, it also, by the way, may trickle down to Colton Wong's marketplace. I bet that opens up now. Um, so we'll see if the Cardinals still have any um, hope in trying to get him back or want him back. But it is interesting that he does get under the qualifying offer for a guy of that ability and that talent and that resume. So you remember, Dan, I'm sure you do. 
whenever the Cardinals signed Dexter Fowler, there was a lot of talk of, wow, five years, five years for Dexter Fowler. And Mo said, yes, this is what we had to do. It, it, with the market being the way that it was, we weren't going to go up to the AAV that it would have required for us to get him That's signed right. for four. So it took the extra year for them to be able to sign Dexter Fowler. And this is that extra year now. Uh, it took that extra year for them to be able to get him here. And I'm guessing that's kind of what happened here with DJ LeMahieu. It From all the reports, it sounds like he wanted $90 million. Take the money. Whether that be in three years yep. or in 20 years, he didn't really care. Give you could sign him money. for however he wants, right. however long you want. He's going to get that $90 million right. in, in, in any way, shape, or form. And it's guaranteed to him whenever the moment is that he signs that contract. That's the amazing thing about baseball. NFL, I, I know you're going out of so NFL guys go out there and they could carried off in a stretcher on any play and their careers are over and yep. and baseball players get that kind of money it's just incredible it's to guaranteed me. you're gonna get it no it's matter what whether you play or not whether you're hurt or not it doesn't matter I mean, you're gonna get them. that money yeah That's and right. they, they deserve it um but when you see a type of a deal like this i think it tells you kind of where things are at absolutely and that he's, he's willing to take it no matter how long the, just the deal is just pile give of me money. that 90 million dollars right. in any way shape or form and i wonder if the cardinals view that and they say okay we could get a guy at a little less for the average annual value and three years from now might be a good deal for them like jock peterson for instance right i don't know if they're interested in him or not but i would say if if his market is about 10 million dollars for 2020 for 2021 rather for this upcoming season what if instead of that you go three years 18 I don't know if he would be willing to do that because he's a younger player as opposed to a DJ LeMahieu who's older and this is going to take him to the end of his career. I don't know, but I think that's the kind of market that I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals explore because then whenever things are back to normal, now you've got a guy that's at an under market value deal and it looks really good for them. I do think older players will look at this. You'll see more of that like LeMahieu because this could be very well his final contract. I think younger players like a Peterson will say, give me the one year, let me reestablish the market. And we have a new CBA and a better understanding. Now, having said that, with a new CBA, you don't know what the other side looks like with that CBA. And it, it by all accounts, it looks like it's going to get nasty on both sides. So take the money. That's another thing to look yeah. at too. So I'm, I'm sure you and Alex will break it down. My time is up, unfortunately. And uh, you came in here for the crossover. You're off the hook. It's all good. I was going to go to break. I was going to say, all right, fine. You don't want to talk to me? No problem. Dan, we're going to have plenty of time to talk, I would imagine, over the coming weeks, months, and years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. More on that uh, maybe next week. That is BK, Alex Ferrario. They're coming up next. We've got Blues Hockey tonight. And Tanner, as always, my man, great job. And we'll talk to you Monday at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.